chapter seven of ardath by marie corelli this librivox recording is in the public domain an undesired blessing alwyn had listened with an absorbed yet somewhat mystified air of attention the venerable esdras was certainly a poet in his own way he remarked lightly there is something very fascinating about the rhythm of his lines though i confess i don't grasp their meaning still i should like to have them all the same will you let me write them out just as you have translated them willingly assenting to this heliobas read the extract over again alwyn taking down the words from his dictation perhaps he then added musingly perhaps it would be as well to copy a few passages from the apocrypha also whereupon the bible was brought into requisition and the desired quotations made consisting of verses twenty four to twenty six in the footnote the reader is requested to refer to the parts of estrus here indicated ninth chapter of the second book of estrus and verses twenty five to twenty six in the tenth chapter of the same this done heliobas closed and clasped the original text of the prophet's work and returned it to its casket then addressing his guest in a kindly yet serious tone he said you are quite resolved to undertake this journey mr alwyn alwyn looked dreamily out of the window at the flame of the sunset hues reflected from the glowing sky on the white summit of the mountains yes i i think so the answer had a touch of indecision in it in that case resumed heliobas i have prepared a letter of introduction for you to one of our order known as elzir of meliana he is a recluse and his hermitage is situated close to the babylonian ruins you will find rest and shelter there after the fatigues of travel i have also traced out a map of the district and the exact position of the field you seek here it is and he laid a square piece of parchment on the table you can easily perceive at a glance how the land lies there are a few directions written at the back so i think you will have no difficulty this is the letter to elzir here he held out a folded paper will you take it now alwyn received it with a dubious smile and eyed the donor as if he rather suspected the sincerity of his intentions thanks very much he murmured listlessly you are exceedingly good to make it all such plain sailing for me and yet to be quite frank with you i can't help thinking i'm going on a fool's errand if that is your opinion why go at all queried heliobas with a slight disdain in his accents return to england instead forget the name of ardath and forget also the one who bade you meet her there and who has waited for you these many thousand days alwyn started as if he had been stung ah he exclaimed if i could be certain of seeing her again if good god the idea seems absurd if that flower-crowned wonder of my dream should actually fulfil her promise and keep her tryst well demanded heliobas if so what then well then i will believe in anything he cried no miracle will seem miraculous no impossibility impossible heliobas sighed and regarded him thoughtfully you think you will believe he said somewhat sadly 
but doubts such as yours are not easily dispelled angels have ere now descended to men men have neither received nor recognized them angels walk by our side through crowded cities and lonely woodlands they watch us when we sleep they hear us when we pray and yet the human eye sees nothing save the material objects within reach of its vision and is not very sure of those while it can no more discern the spiritual presences than it can without a microscope discern the lovely living creatures contained in a drop of dew or a ray of sunshine our earthly sight is very limited it can neither perceive the infinitely little nor the infinitely great and it is possible nay it is most probable that even as peter of old denied his divine master so you if brought face to face with the angel of your last night's experience would deny and endeavour to disprove her identity never declared alwyn with a passionate gesture i should know her among a thousand for one instant heliobas bent upon him a sudden searching almost pitiful glance then withdrawing his gaze he said gently well well let us hope for the best god's ways are inscrutable and you tell me that now now after your strange so-called vision you believe in god i did say so certainly and alwyn's face flushed a little but ah you hesitate there is a but in the case and heliobas turned upon him with a grand reproach in his brilliant eyes already stepping backward on the road already rushing once again into the darkness he paused then laying one hand on the young man's shoulder continued in mild yet impressive accents my friend remember that the doubter and opposer of god is also the doubter and opposer of his own well-being let this unnatural and useless combat of human reason against divine instinct cease within you you who as a poet are bound to equalize your nature that it may the more harmoniously fulfil its high commission you know what one of your modern writers says of life that it is a dream in which we clutch at shadows as though they were substances and sleep deepest when fancying ourselves most awake footnote carlyle's sardar resardus believe me you have slept long enough it is time you awoke to the full realization of your destinies alwyn heard in silence feeling inwardly rebuked and half ashamed the earnestly spoken words moved him more than he cared to show his head drooped he made no reply after all he thought he had really no more substantial foundation for his unbelief than others had for their faith with all his studies in the modern schools of science he was not a whit more advanced in learning than democritus of old democritus who based his system of morals on the severest mathematical lines taking as his starting point a vacuum and atoms and who after stretching his intellect on a constant rack of searching inquiry for years came at last to the unhappy conclusion that man is absolutely incapable of positive knowledge and that even if truth is in his possession he can never be certain of it was he theos alwyn wiser than democritus or was this stately chaldean monk with the clear pathetic eyes and tender smile and the symbol of christ on his breast wiser than both 
wiser in the wisdom of eternal things than any of the subtle-minded ancient greek philosophers or modern imitators of their theories was there could there be something not yet altogether understood or fathomed in the christian creed as this idea occurred to him he looked up and met his companion's calm gaze fixed upon him with a watchful gentleness and patience are you reading my thoughts heliobas he asked with a forced laugh i assure you they are not worth the trouble heliobas smiled but made no answer just then one of the monks entered the room with a large lighted lamp which he set on the table and the conversation thus interrupted was not again resumed the evening shadows were now closing in rapidly and already above the furthest visible snow-peak the first risen star sparkled faintly in the darkening sky soon the vesper bell began ringing as it had rung on the previous night when alwyn newly arrived had sat alone in the refectory listlessly wondering what manner of men he had come amongst and what would be the final result of his adventure into the wilds of caucasus his feelings had certainly undergone some change since then inasmuch as he was no longer disposed to ridicule or condemn religious sentiment though he was nearly as far from actually believing in religion itself as ever the attitude of his mind was still distinctly sceptical the immutable pride of what he considered his own firmly rooted convictions was only very slightly shaken and he now even viewed the prospect of his journey to the field of ardath as a mere fantastic whim a caprice of his own fancy which he chose to gratify just for the sake of curiosity but notwithstanding the stubbornness of the materialistic principles with which he had become imbued his higher instincts were unconsciously to himself beginning to be aroused his memory involuntarily wandered back to the sweet fresh days of his earliest manhood before the poison of doubt had filtered through his soul his character naturally of the lofty imaginative and ardent cast reasserted its native force over the blighting blow of blank atheism which had for a time paralyzed its efforts and as he unwittingly yielded more and more to the mild persuasions of these genial influences so the former time-and-like bitterness of his humour gradually softened there was no trace in him now of the dark ironic and reckless scorn that before his recent visionary experience had distinguished his whole manner and bearing the smile came more readily to his lips and he seemed content for the present to display the sunny side of his nature a nature impassioned frank generous and noble in spite of the taint of overweening ambitious egotism which somewhat warped its true quality and narrowed the range of its sympathies in his then frame of mind a curious vague sense of half-pleasurable penitence was upon him delicate undefined almost devotional suggestions stirred his thoughts with the refreshment that a cool wind brings to parched and drooping flowers so that when heliobas taking up the silver esdras reliquary and preparing to leave the apartment in response to the vesper summons said gently will you attend our service mr alwyn he assented at once with a pleased alacrity which somewhat astonished himself as he remembered how on the previous evening he had despised and inwardly resented all forms of religious observance however he did not stop to consider the reason of his altered mood he followed the monks into chapel with an air 
of manly grace and quiet reverence that became him much better than the offensive and defensive demeanour he had erewhile chosen to assume in the same prayer-hallowed place he listened to the impressive ceremonial from beginning to end without the least fatigue or impatience and though when the brethren knelt he could not humble himself so far as to kneel also he still made a slight concession to appearances by sitting down and keeping his head in a bent posture out of respect for the good intentions of these worthy men as he told himself to silence the inner conflict of his own opposing and contradictory sensations the service concluded he waited as before to see the monks pass out and was smitten with a sudden surprise compunction and regret when heliobas who walked last as usual paused where he stood and confronted him saying i will bid you farewell here my friend i have many things to do this evening and it is best i should see you no more before your departure why asked alwyn astonished i had hoped for another conversation with you to what purpose inquired heliobas mildly that i should assert and you deny facts that god himself reprove in his own way and at his own appointed time nay we should do no good by further arguments but stammered alwyn hastily flushing hotly as he spoke you give me no chance to thank you to express my gratitude gratitude questioned heliobas almost mournfully with a tinge of reproach in his soft mellow voice are you grateful for being as you think deluded by a trance cheated as it were into a sort of semi-belief in the life to come by means of mesmerism your first request to me i know was that you might be deceived by my influence into a state of imaginary happiness and now you fancy your last night's experience was merely the result of that preeminently foolish desire you are wrong and as matters stand no thanks are needed if i had indeed mesmerized or hypnotized you i might perhaps have deserved some reward for the exertion of my purely professional skill but as i have told you already i have done absolutely nothing your fate is as it has always been in your own hands you sought me of your own accord you used me as an instrument an unwilling instrument remember whereby to break open the prison doors of your chafed and fretting spirit and the end of it all is that you depart from hence to-morrow of your own free will and choice to fulfil the appointed tryst made with you as you believe by a phantom in a vision in brief here he spoke more slowly and with marked emphasis you go to the field of ardath to solve a puzzling problem namely as to whether what we call life is not a dream and whether a dream may not perchance be proved reality in this enterprise of yours i have no share nor will i say more than this god speed you on your errand he held out his hand alwyn grasped it looking earnestly meanwhile at the fine intellectual face the clear pathetic eyes the firm yet sensitive mouth on which there just then rested a serious yet kindly smile what a strange man you are heliobas he said impulsively i wish i knew more about you heliobas gave him a friendly glance wish rather that you knew more about yourself he answered simply fathom your own mystery of being you shall find none deeper greater or more difficult of comprehension alwyn still held his hand reluctant to let it go finally releasing it with a slight sigh he said well at any rate though we part now it will not be for long 
we must meet again why if we must we shall rejoined heliobas cheerily must cannot be prevented in the meantime farewell farewell and as this word was spoken their eyes met instinctively and on a sudden impulse alwyn bowed his head in the lowest and most reverential salutation he had perhaps ever made to any creature of mortal mould and as he did so heliobas paused in the act of turning away do you care for a blessing gentle sceptic he asked in a soft tone that thrilled tenderly through the silence of the dimly lit chapel then receiving no reply he laid one hand gently on the young man's dark clustering curls and with the other slowly traced the sign of the cross upon the smooth broad fairness of his forehead take it my son the only blessing i can give thee the blessing of the cross of christ which in spite of thy desertion claims thee redeems thee and will yet possess thee for its own and before alwyn could recover from his astonishment sufficiently to interrupt and repudiate this to him undesired form of benediction heliobas had gone and he was left alone lifting his head he stared out into the further corridor down which he just perceived a distant glimmer of vanishing white robes and for a moment he was filled with speechless indignation it seemed to him that the sign thus traced on his brow must be actually visible like a red brand burnt into his flesh and all his old and violent prejudices against christianity rushed back upon him with the resentful speed of once baffled foes returning anew to storm a citadel almost as rapidly however his anger cooled he remembered that in his vision of the previous night the light that had guided him through the long shadowy vista had always preceded him in the form of a cross and in a softer mood he glanced at the ruby star shining steadily above the otherwise darkened altar involuntarily the words we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him occurred to his memory but he dismissed them as instantly as they suggested themselves and finding his own thoughts growing perplexing and troublesome he hastily left the chapel joining some of the monks who were gathered in a picturesque group round the fire in the refectory he sat chatting with them for about half an hour or so hoping to elicit from them in the course of conversation some particulars concerning the daily life character and professing aims of their superior but in this attempt he failed they spoke of heliobas as believing men may speak of saints with hushed reverence and admiring tenderness but on any point connected with his faith or the spiritual nature of his theories they held their peace evidently deeming the subject too sacred for discussion baffled in all his inquiries alwyn at last said good-night and retired to rest in the small sleeping apartment prepared for his accommodation where he enjoyed a sound refreshing and dreamless slumber the next morning he was up at daybreak and long before the sun had risen above the highest peak of caucasus he had departed from the lars monastery leaving a handsome donation in the poor box toward the various charitable works in which the brethren were engaged such as the rescue of travellers lost in the snow or the burial of the many victims murdered on or near the pass of dariel by the bands of fierce mountain robbers and assassins that at certain seasons infest that solitary region making the best of his way to the fortress of passenauer he there joined a party of adventurous russian climbers who had just successfully accomplished the ascent of mount kazbek and in their company proceeded through the rugged aragua 
valley to tiflis which he reached that same evening from this dark and dismal-looking town shattered on all sides by barren and cavernous hills he dispatched the manuscript of his mysteriously composed poem together with the letter concerning it to his friend villiers in england and then yielding to a burning sense of impatience within himself impatience that would brook no delay he set out resolutely and at once on his long pilgrimage to the land of sand and ruin and gold the land of terrific prophecy and stern fulfilment the land of mighty and mournful memories where the slow river euphrates clasps in its dusky yellow ring the ashes of great kingdoms fallen to rise no more End of chapter seven